0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song,
1: visit us online at newsongpeople.com.
0: Everybody said amen. Amen. Well, that's what my goal is for this morning. I want to kind of help wake you up to the wonderful. Wake you up. I want to get you woke this morning. We turn the person's eyes and say, let's get woke. woke. I want to wake you up to the wonderful work of Jesus. And I, I make that, I say that word intentionally because it, how many of you know it's very easy sometimes to kind of snooze through life? Find ourselves kind of drifting into where we're kind of just on auto, autopilot going through the motions and we even kind of start hitting the snooze on, on some of the possibilities that are available Now, real quick poll. If you're in this room this morning, and by the way, you can talk to me this morning as I'm preaching, you know, not out of hand, but I I, I need some amens. I need need you to be with me. Let me know that you're with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you would consider yourself to be a morning person. Like, you're the kind of person that the alarm goes off in the morning and you are ready to go. You're like my my mom says it. You're bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to take on the day. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up in the air. Okay, hands going up. A lot of hands go up in the room. Keep your hands up for just a moment. I want you to look around the room. If your hand is up, also look around the room, those of you who don't have your hands up. But I want you to notice something. The people who have your hands up notice, you're of the minority. (laughs) Not everybody's like you, Okay. There's a lot of us that aren't like you. When we wake up in the morning, uh, it's like like a bad dream. It's like we don't want to wake up in the morning. I, I found this meme this week, and I think it really speaks to how I feel in the morning when the alarm goes off. Alarm goes off in the morning, no, no, that's not true. That's impossible. No, you guys remember that moment? Star Wars, Luke finds out Darth Vader is his dad. That's how some of you feel when the alarm goes off. It's like you just found out the most evil presence in the world is your father. And so for us that aren't warning people, the alarm clock, this thing right here, this alarm clock, this is kind of like enemy number one. How many of you right now, it's just like nails on the chalkboard? You hate that sound. And so what do we do? Oh, you guys can stop that now. So what do we do? The alarm goes off, and if you're like the average person, what do you do? You hit the snooze, that's right. And then it goes off, and you get that other nine minutes of sleep, and man, it's a wonderful nine minutes, isn't it? Until it goes off again. And what do we do the second time? We go ahead and we hit the snooze again, right? I read this week that on average, most people hit the snooze bar at least two times and sleep in 24 minutes past when their alarm originally goes off. That's the average person. Anybody relate to that this morning? Yeah, a lot of you. A lot of you do. Now, here's what's interesting. There's an old saying, you probably heard it before, if you snooze, you lose, right? And so we know that. So what do we do? They've invented some stuff to kind of help us with this. And I brought a few things with me this morning to kind of help you for the people who are snoozers. Because there's some people that you become like a, what's, what I call a snooze abuser. I had a snooze abuser roommate at one point. Uh, right out of high school, I got an apartment with a friend of mine. And he would be getting up at like 7.30 to go to work. But he would set his alarm for like 5 a.m. And snooze until, until 7.45. <laughs> and I shared a room with him. So I had to take the abuse of this. It was snooze abusing. And so, to help us with this, there's products that have come out to kind of help us. And I brought a few this morning. This is called Clocky, and it's an alarm clock on wheels. And so, here's how this sucker works it goes off in the morning, and you get to hit snooze once. And then, after that, the next time it goes off, it just goes flying into the room. (laughs) And so, it forces you, in order to turn it off, you got to get out of bed, and you got to go find it, and you got to turn it off. Clocky, the alarm clock on wheels. This is another one. This is the flying alarm clock. Their slogan is, time really does fly. And it's a similar concept, except what's interesting about this one is it's got this little propeller. And when your alarm goes off, this propeller takes off into the room. And so now you've got to wake up and find it. But here's the problem. This ain't beeping at you. So you may take you a little while. And I was just thinking, like, what if this gets stuck on top of your ceiling fan or something? I don't know about you guys, but I don't wake up, like, totally aware all the time. So I'm going to be stumbling, struggling to find this thing. But in order to turn it off, you got to find this and then put it back on the docking station. Yeah. Mean stuff right there. And then this one, this one's really interesting. This is called the gun alarm clock. This is fake, everybody. Okay, calm down. And... <laughs> And what happens is there's a little target on this clock and when the alarm goes off, the target pops up and to turn off the alarm, you got to get out of bed. You got to stand a certain amount of feet away from this thing. There's a little laser in here. You point at it and you pull the trigger to turn off the alarm. They say start your day off with a bang. That's how you do it right there. (laughs) How many of you guys in here, you use your cell phone as your alarm clock? A lot of you, I bet. Most people now, that's what I use. And there's all sorts of apps now that they've invented to help us with this problem too, like my worship pastor, David Terry, uh, he's a bit of a heavy sleeper. And so um, he has an app on his phone that to wake him up in the morning. Uh, he had to take a picture of something in his house, and to turn off his alarm, he has to go find that thing and take a picture of it, and it has to be like the exact same picture. And so sometimes his wife will mess with him, and she'll kind of mess up his, his little scene so he can't turn off his alarm. <laughs> There's other apps. There's one called, I think it's called Walkabout or something like that, and you have to get up and walk around, so it forces you out of bed. There's another one called Spin Me, and this one is the worst. You have to wake up, and it is what it sounds like. you got to wake up, and you got to spin around holding your phone however many number of times it is, which isn't that just the worst way to start your day? Like Who wants to start your day off spinning around getting dizzy? the worst right but this stuff exists why does it exist here's why because if you snooze you lose right if you snooze you oversleep it can cost you can it you can miss out on stuff you sleep oversleep you can miss out on opportunities you you go to you you miss work enough times or you're late to work enough times they're going to fire you you're going to lose, lose your job your income uh, you might miss a, a doctor's appointment which means you got to reschedule that could take you a long time you You can miss out on on connecting with somebody, you you can snooze, and you can lose. And so I I was thinking this week about that. God kind of reminded me of this idea of snoozing, and I promise I'm going somewhere with this, so bear with me. But I think there's four reasons why we hit the snooze in life, and, and specifically we hit the snooze on the alarm clock. The first one is pretty obvious, we're tired, right? Our alarm goes off, and we're just not ready to get up uh we maybe we didn't sleep good the night before maybe a kid was bothering us one of our children maybe we've just had a a long week a hard week and we just aren't quite ready to get up yet so we're just tired so we just kind of hit the snooze the second reason why is we just want to make the noise stop we want to stop the noise because oh my gosh that noise is terrible stop the noise sound people So what do we do? We're laying there in bed and that starts going off and we're just pounding away at this. My my wife on her, her phone goes off every morning and she has this song from the Muppet movie as her alarm that goes, everything is great, everything is grand, I got the whole, you know that song? I hate that song now. (laughs) But so we just want to stop it. We want to make it go away. And so we just start pounding away on the alarm clock to stop the noise. The, The third reason why we hit the snooze is because we're afraid. We're afraid. Now, now bear with me here. It's not that we're afraid of the alarm clock. It's that we're afraid of what if we turn off the alarm clock and we fall back asleep and then we, we oversleep. So it's easier to hit the snooze because at least we've got a fail safe there. It'll go off again in nine minutes and so it'll kind of preserve, you know, my life and my occupation if I need it to. And the fourth reason why we snooze is because we're just not that excited. We're really not that excited about what's ahead of us, not excited about what the day holds. And so we'd rather just kind of bury our face in our pillow, pull the covers over our head, and just pretend like whatever it is in front of us doesn't really exist. And so we just kind of, we just kind of go back to sleep. Now here's the problem with this whole snoozing thing. I was reading this week about what happens when you snooze. A lot of us think we're getting more rest, but we're actually not. See, there's this thing that we all live our life by called the circadian rhythm. And when we go to sleep, our our body goes into these different levels of rest. And really where you find real rest is in the deeper levels of the circadian rhythm. When you go to those places, that's when you find real rest. But When you hit the snooze, you don't enter into those levels of sleep. Actually, what they say is you throw off the rhythm of your day. And a lot of people will tell you that in the first few minutes of your day, we end up zapping ourselves of of about 10% of the energy of our day and throw off our rhythm by hitting the snooze. So we think that the snooze button is our friend, but really it's an enemy in disguise. So it really is true. If you snooze, you lose, right? Now, why am I talking about all this on Easter Sunday? Here's why. Because I think it's really easy to snooze on some of the opportunities that have been afforded to us through Jesus Christ. I think it's really easy to kind of find ourselves falling into a little bit of a snooze stupor and and even missing out on the opportunity of walking in a real relationship with God. We snooze on what it really means to walk hand in hand with the Savior of the world, with the God who created this world in relationship with us in life. So my hope this morning is to kind of wake you up to the wonderful. Wake you up to the wonderful opportunity that Jesus has made available to you and me this morning. Ephesians 5.14 says this. It says, Awake, O sleeper. That's what I want to help you do. And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I believe Christ wants to shine some truth on you this morning. He wants to awake you from a a dead sleep that's, that's costing you. So so wherever you find yourself, maybe you're here today and you came to church, you know, I don't know what got you here, maybe a friend invited you, maybe you got a postcard in the mail, I don't know, but you, you showed up and, and really a lot of times Easter for you and an Easter service is nothing much more than just a tradition, it's, it's, it's not much more than just something I, I probably should do on Easter Sunday But I want to encourage you, don't snooze on this opportunity. Don't snooze on the next few moments because I believe God wants to speak to you and shine some light on things that could change your life, that could change your family, that could change your future forever. Can I get an amen? Okay, so there's four reasons why I think we snooze on the opportunity that Jesus made available to us. There's four reasons why I think we snooze on relationship with God and they go back to the same reason we hit the snooze bar on our alarm on our alarm. The number one one is this, you're tired. You're tired. How many know life can be tiring, can't it? I mean I, I look at even this last year. You know, I remember last year on Easter, we couldn't even have church. Because coronavirus had had happened, and now we're the, we're in this stay-in-place, and everything's been shut down. And and you, you look at this past year, and it just seems like things just keep piling on, and it can be exhausting. You know, all everything in the politics and everything just in the world around us, and all the issues. And, and if you're not careful, it can be exhausting. It can be tiring. And and I think that what what can even happen to us is we begin to to filter our life through the lens of, I'm already so tired, I can't add anything. You know, So sometimes we look at our life and we're already exhausted. And so we say, man, I, I don't want to add anything. And so we look at things like the church. We look at a relationship with God. We look at the word of God and we start thinking, man, it's just one more thing to pile on that's going to wear me out and exhaust me. But I want you to know this morning, if that's how you see God, you're not seeing him the right way. Because what, what Jesus invites us to is not like, this life where it's like we got to jump on the spin cycle class of Christianity and pump as hard as we can for the rest of our life to try to make the spin structure happy with us. Listen, that's not good news. And the gospel is good news. It's not good advice. And it's not bad news. It's good news. And the good news is this. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith. Jesus Christ did the work necessary to make you acceptable to God. The work's already already been done. The question is, will you receive of that? And the good news is, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, he doesn't pile more garbage onto you to weigh your life down. He wants to lift some of the garbage off of you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to know him and walk in relationship with him so he can lift up the burden and, and walk with you and help you to not have to struggle trying to carry everything on your own. The Bible says this in Matthew 11. This is Jesus talking. He says, are you tired, worn out, Anybody relate to that this morning? Maybe a little tired, a little worn out, burned out on religion. Maybe that's where some of you you feel this morning. You're kind of just tired of the the ritual, the routine. Jesus says this. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Anybody that sound good to you this morning? Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. That's the life that Jesus has made available to you this morning. He doesn't want to pile more on you. He wants to walk with you and he wants to lift some of the burden off of you. So don't snooze on that opportunity because if you snooze, you lose. You may be tired, the world may be weighing you down, but God wants to help you. He wants to bring strength to you. He wants to walk alongside you, so don't snooze and lose. Maybe here's the reason why you're snoozing on a relationship with God, because life is loud. Life is loud. Just like with that alarm clock, we just want to turn it off. Maybe there's just some loud voices in the world, some loud voices playing in your head, some loud voices you just want to get them to shut up. You know, we, we look at the world and you turn on the news and you read on your social media feed and it's just all these messages that are like bam, 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 kind of playing all the time that just are exhausting and tiring and grating, right? And maybe you even see Christianity that way. Maybe you've had some running with some, you know, kind of quote unquote Christians. And and that's how it felt. Like they were just trying to, to make you feel bad for all the mistakes you've made. Or they felt like they were just more of the same message of the world. That you're a mess and you're a loser and you'll never amount to anything. And what's wrong with you? Maybe there's some alarms going off in your head constantly. Alarms that keep popping up that tell you you're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. God could never love you. God could never forgive you. You've gone too far. You know, it's important that you understand that there really is an enemy that you face in this world. And that enemy uh, is not your spouse. (laughs) It's not, you know, that mean girl at school. It's not sometimes who we think it is. Our, Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but there really is an enemy that we fight against. His name is the devil. And he really does exist, and he hates you, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life happy easter right (laughs) but he does and one of the ways he does this is he makes himself loud in your mind and he sets off these little alarms that tell you how bad you are and how lost you are and what a mistake you are and that you'll never amount to anything And so maybe because these voices have been playing in your life, and that's kind of what you see and how you filter the world, you just kind of think, I I don't want to allow the voice of God in because I'm just going to find a voice that just makes me feel bad for all the mistakes I've made. But I want you to know that's not the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus is not here to condemn you. He's here to say, I love you. I'm for you. I want to help you. He's inviting you to something greater. He has something for you. See, when you look at the life of of Jesus, you see the heart of God. When Jesus was here on this world, walking in this world, man, he, he gave us a picture of what God is all about. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you see that Jesus was kind. He was humble. He was forgiving. He was patient. Think about how patient Jesus was. Read the Gospels. The disciples were just not getting it a lot. He had these Pharisees that were all around him, and he was so, so patient with these people. That's Jesus. There, there's a story where Jesus, a friend of his, dies and Jesus cries. Like Jesus loved people. He cared about people. He was hospitable. He served others. Jesus wasn't stuck up. Jesus was actually submitted. He was submitted to the godly authority of God in his life. He was submitted to his earthly parents, which is, you know, Joseph wasn't even his real dad, but he was still submitted to him. He was submitted to governmental authority. Jesus, I love this about Jesus. Jesus loved kids, and kids loved Jesus. In fact, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about these little kids wanted to get to Jesus, and there were people keeping them from getting to Jesus. And he said, hey, suffer not that these little children can come to me. In other words, he's saying, hey, let these kids come to me. Which, if you, if you know anything about kids, kids don't just go to anybody. <laughs> like, we have a hard time sometimes getting our kids to go see Santa Claus at Christmas time, get a picture taken. And now some of you don't hate me now because I mentioned Santa. It's Satan if you reread. Okay, calm down. Everybody good? Okay, good. My point is, these kids saw something in Jesus that made them want to go be close to him. And I hope you see that in Jesus today. Jesus was loving. Jesus was sweet. Jesus had had a heart for people. Jesus loved the down and out. The marginalized. He loved widows and orphans. Jesus was for justice. Jesus did more for for racial equality and gender equality than anyone in human history. If you really study it out. Jesus never screamed, turn or burn. (laughs) Jesus never cast the first stone, even though he could have. And so what we see in Jesus is the heart of God. That's the voice that calls to you today. I love this quote I read this week. It says, Uh, This about the voice of Jesus, though it could have an audience of thousands of restless people, the voice of Jesus was not loud. Its timber was one of marvelous delicacy. It was a voice to love, to long for, to follow, to obey, and that could be recalled long after it had ceased. That's the voice of Jesus. That's the voice of God that calls out to you today, that doesn't call out your sin, but calls out your name. That's the voice of Jesus. And I want you to know, in this church, we value that voice. And we want to represent that voice well. And so we say to you today, we don't care what kind of mistakes you've made in your past. We don't care how bad you've been. What we care about is how good Jesus is and what he can do to resurrect your life. So don't tune him out. Don't tune out his voice. Don't snooze on him. He's not trying to... to, to to hurt you he, he wants to wake you up to the wonderful he has so much more for you maybe today you're snoozing on jesus you're snoozing on a relationship with god because you're afraid of the what if you're afraid of the what if you know you look around the world and sometimes it feels like the sky is falling right it's like everything just keeps falling apart everything just seems to keep getting worse and worse and worse and so maybe you're here and you know enough about jesus to know that you don't want to go to hell and so you know you know that if you if you give your life to Jesus if you if you make him you know your savior then he can save you from your sin, and then you don't have to worry about that whole hell thing. You don't have to be afraid of this thing you've heard about called the rapture. And so maybe you've had that moment in a church service where you're, you kind of lifted your hand and you wanted to make Jesus the Savior of your life, so you threw up your hand in a service, and it's kind of like, okay, I'm good. Let's just kind of, we'll just leave it at that. And, you know, at Easter, I'll come to church. At, at Christmas, I'll come to church. And if the weather's, you know, good, I'll come to church. And if the sports schedule's okay, I'll come to church. But if you're being really honest, you're not walking in like a real relationship with God. Like you don't know God. Like you're not, you're not being led by God. You're not being led, you don't order your life by his word. You're just kind of doing your own thing. And in a way Jesus is nothing more than, than fire insurance for you. And, and maybe one of the reasons why it's that way is because you just kind of inherited this Or it's what everybody else does, but you don't understand what's really available. And you're a little bit maybe even afraid of what it could cost you. But I want you to know, God's not out to like ruin your life. In fact, this is what Jesus said in John 10.10. He said, I came, this is why Jesus came, that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus came to give you an abundant life. Now listen, that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. By no means am I saying that life, you make Jesus Lord your life and everything's going to be perfect. It can't be perfect. You know why? Because we live in an imperfect world. There's a lot of imperfect people around us, myself included and everyone around you. Turn the person beside you and say, you ain't so perfect. (laughs) Ain't nobody perfect. Jesus was the only one who was perfect. And we live in a world that's broken still. There's a curse on this world and sometimes that curse is going to try to get on you. So there's stuff that's going to rise up, like coronavirus, that even we as Christians are going to have to navigate that and deal with that. There's people who are going to disappoint you and hurt you and let you down. There's sickness from this world. There's, there's death and bondage in this world that's going to try to jump on you. But here's the good news. Je- Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble, in John 16, 33. But the verse doesn't end there. He goes on to say, but take heart. In other words, he says, be encouraged. One translation said, be of good cheer. Why? He says, I have overcome the world. Now, why is that good news? Why should you be encouraged by that? Here's why. Because Jesus overcame this world. He overcame death. Listen, you can overcome through him. It doesn't matter how dead your circumstances may be. It doesn't matter how dead your, your marriage may feel. It doesn't matter how dead things may seem all around you. The good news of Jesus Christ is he wants to resurrect you. And the power of Jesus can do that incredible work in your life. Jesus overcame so you can overcome. So don't snooze out that, on that opportunity. Don't snooze out of fear. Take heart and give your heart to Jesus and receive of what he has for you. Here's the last reason. Maybe you're snoozing on Jesus today. Maybe you're snoozing on a walk with God today because you're just not that excited. You know, we, are, we all start off in life full of dreams and aspirations and hope. I remember being a kid. You know, you guys remember this. One week you want to be a fireman. The next week you want to be a cowboy. The next week you want to be a police officer. One week I wanted to be an Ewok. Like you don't even care if it's possible. You just have these dreams without, without borders. And then you grow up, and circumstances and the reality of this world begin to hit you a little bit, and things don't go the way that you think they should, and we start to buy into this worldly reality, and we, we lay down some of our dreams and our hopes, and we lose hope. You know, it's interesting, I was thinking this week, when your alarm goes off at 4 o'clock in the morning, but you're going on vacation to Hawaii, how many of you know that morning you don't have a problem getting up? Like when the alarm goes off early, but it's but you've got a hope of something great, man, you pop out of bed excited. Yeah. Why? Because there's something to look forward to. Yeah. For some of you, you've, you've lost some hope. Things have happened. Relationships have fallen apart. Some dreams have been set aside. And you've kind of fallen into some ruts and you're just kind of living because you haven't died yet. But I believe Jesus wants to breathe life into you today. Yeah. And, and the good news of Easter is this. Listen, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead can be alive in you. Yeah. Yeah. The same power that did the greatest work in human history that brought Jesus out of death and defeated death and brought him to life, that same power can live in you. Look at this, Romans 8 verse 11. Here it is. God raised Jesus to life. That's why we're here this morning, Right? And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, hello, how cool is that? The spirit of resurrection that raised Jesus to life can live in you. Look at this. He will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. How awesome and good is that? Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing today, the resurrection power of God is still available for you this morning. And I want you to know something. The power behind that resurrection, God is still in the resurrection business. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. He can breathe his life into your sails and move you ahead into something incredible. It doesn't matter how dead your relationships may be. It doesn't matter how dead your dreams may feel. God can do a work in you and resurrect you to something incredible. I believe it because I've seen it. In fact... I want to share with you a story about a young lady in our church named rosie who has an experience with the resurrection power of jesus she got woke she got woke to the reality of what god could do in her life and it fundamentally changed her into a completely different person check this out
1: growing up i went to church every sunday But I honestly didn't have a real relationship with God. What I was more interested in was growing up and finding a real relationship in man. But I felt like everyone deserved that love that you see in those Disney princess movies. Whoever I dated, I tried to measure my value in the love that they gave me. Internally, I was feeling worthless. I was going to this church that I enjoyed and in a small group that I enjoyed, I was still walking in darkness, still trying to measure my value by the love I was receiving from a man. And then I began dating this guy, and despite precautions, we became pregnant. I was so scared. I decided to pursue an abortion, and at six weeks, I had a medical abortion. The week following the abortion was the darkest week of my life. Every day I would go to school and just save face. Nobody knew that every second of the day, I I just wanted to kill myself. The only thing that stopped me was God. He was calling my name and not my sin, and I I knew I needed to reach Him because He was reaching for me. It was shortly after that that I found New Song. The very first sermon, I ever heard Pastor Josh preach. He spoke over the difference between an information ship with God and a relationship with Him. That Jesus is not a, a historical figure to be studied, but a living, loving Savior. And I just couldn't get enough. I was constantly listening to sermons and studying God's Word and in the next month there was a His conference and I left that conference feeling that chains were broken. Shortly after that um, is when I met my husband and we're expecting a little girl. I became fully persuaded that my worth is in Christ. My value is measured in the (laughs) just infinite love of God. In Ephesians 2.1, you know where it says that we we're once dead in sin it follows with Ephesians 2 4 that says but God who is so rich in mercy and loved us so much gives us life through Christ's death and resurrection
0: isn't that awesome <laughs> Rosie had an awakening she got woke to the love of jesus and uh, what i love about that that video is how incredibly awesome god is and what he's done in her life she met her husband here at the church now they're having a little baby rosie's been coming to the church for a few years and uh, i've known her a few years but i didn't know her story until just recently and when they told me about her past we actually couldn't get into all the details of it but when i heard about who she was before Jesus, I was blown away. Not because her sin was so bad, but because you would have never known that about this girl, this young lady. Like God has done such an incredible work in her. She is a different person. God didn't call out her sin. He called her by name. And I want you to know that Jesus is calling you by name today. And he loves you. And he's for you. And he wants to walk with you in life. And he wants to help you. I love this verse. Romans 6. It kind of sums it up really well. It says, Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin miserable life. No longer captive to sin's demands. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin conquering death, we also get included in his life saving resurrection. Amen to that. We know that When Jesus was raised from the dead, it was the signal of the end of death as the end. If you're a believer, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you'll never taste death. You'll just move from this life into the next, eternal life with God. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. That means Nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Can I get a hallelujah? (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's what's available to you today. So don't snooze on that opportunity, because if you snooze, you lose, and you don't have to. Jesus defeated death, so you don't have to lose. You can win through Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.